2: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Time to make some money. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarlane in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and your smart speaker. And of course, the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline and Booger. That is where we are headed right now to welcome an ESPN betting analyst and ESPN radio's Joe Fortenbaugh. Joining us on that Goodyear hotline, Joe It is a shortened card this weekend because of all the bye weeks in the NFL, but still some intriguing matchups here to get into. So let's start with Baltimore and Cincinnati. Now, we know that the Ravens are absolutely rolling at the moment. They just blew the doors off the Chargers this past week. So is it a given to lay the six and a half against the Bengals this weekend?
2: Pleasure to be with you guys this morning. Thank you for the invite onto this show. I would play Cincinnati plus the six and a half in this situation. I think a lot of people look at the Bengals, and when they give them credit, they give them credit for the offensive side of the ball. Why not? Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been fantastic this season, but the secret is what they've been doing on defense. Top 10 in scoring D, top 10 in opponent yards per play. They have dramatically improved on that side of the ball. And remember something. They see Baltimore twice a year, so they're familiar with Lamar Jackson. Now, that does not mean they will stop Lamar Jackson because Lamar has been incredible this year. But that familiarity could lead to a couple of key stops in big spots. And when we're talking about catching six and a half points in a game in which the Ravens, as you mentioned, Chris, are off a huge win that might have them overvalued just a tad this week, I find myself liking Cincinnati plus the points.
3: So if if that's the case, then you must have some type of confidence in the Bengals'
2: offensive line against defensive coordinator Wink Martindale's blitz package. I do, I do. I have the ability to sit here and say to myself, I just need to keep this within six and a half, and I think that's what's going to happen here. Baltimore has been fantastic on both sides of the ball. Defensively, they have looked very, very good. We saw Indianapolis get after them a couple weeks ago. We saw the Raiders get after them in week one. I think this Ravens team has an extraordinarily high ceiling. I do. But I also think at times their floor is lower than the floor of other championship contenders because they tend to make some key mistakes that you might not see elsewhere a Jackson is 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 perfectly indicative of this in that I think when he's at his best it's phenomenal to watch but we have seen sloppy play in terms of turnovers at times and that again could be the difference when we're talking about covering close to a touchdown in the NFL Joe
1: Fortenbaugh, ESPN, ESPN Radio, and of course ESPN's betting analyst joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Joe, Chiefs don't cover the spread. They never do. It's amazing. And it's something like 4-13 of their last 17 games. And we know what Tennessee just did the other night against the Bills. So, do you like Tennessee as a home underdog?
2: I don't. Not in this spot. It's not a game I love. It would be a half unit play, if anything, to play Kansas City minus four and a half here. This is the type of matchup that I think works for Kansas City. What we've seen this year with the Chiefs is that they're as good on offense as we remember, but defensively they are a mess, and they're trending towards a historical mess at that. But the teams that really give them problems are good teams, obviously, like Buffalo, but teams that have a defense that can get a stop here and there. Because if you can do that, your offense, no matter how bad, can put up plenty of points against these guys. We know Tennessee can score, but Tennessee's defense is almost as bad as Kansas City's defense in a lot of key metrics in terms of opponent yards per play, scoring D, all that stuff. Now, you compound that with the fact that they only have six days to get ready for this game. They're coming off a very physical Monday night affair against the Buffalo Bills, and perhaps they're a tad bit overvalued coming off a win and in which many thought, let's be honest, that Buffalo, if they convert at the end, wins that game. I think Kansas City is the side here. I'd make a half unit play on the Chiefs.
3: You know, I tend to agree with you on this one. Here's what I would ask, because the Chiefs are probably going to be the favorite or have been the favorite a lot over the last couple of years. How often have they not covered based on the Jekyll and Hyde performance that we've seen from them?
2: So, what we 've seen the trend right now, booger they're four and thirteen against the spread over their last seventeen games, and people look at that and they think, man, you're making a ton of money betting against them. You are part of the reason." is that it's twofold. Number one, they've been asked to cover some very big spreads during that 17-game stretch. They're a very popular team. They score a ton of points. They have the best quarterback in the league. That's a recipe for public bettors to get behind. When you have that, think about Chip Kelly's Oregon Ducks back in the day. Think about Brady's Patriots when they were trying to go undefeated. When you have the great quarterback and the high-scoring offense, the public loves to bet those teams. The bookmakers know that. As a result, the price continues to go up to these astronomical numbers, and that's where you can find value going the other way and with the Chiefs they've been in this favorite spot for so long they've been laying so many points that they just can't keep up with it it doesn't mean they're a terrible team it just means that the market needs to be corrected at some point and that won't happen until too many people start betting the other way and start making money in that regard
1: Chris Carlin Booger McFarlane in for Greeny on ESPN radio and ESPN plus joined by ESPN betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh on the Goodyear hotline all right you've got the 49ers laying four points
2: to the Colts. They're coming off the buy. The Niners are. What do you like? I'd play Indianapolis to use some stock market parlance here. I think this is where you can buy the dip on a team like Indy coming into this season. Prior to the injuries in training camp, there was a lot of hype around this team for good reason. Right? There's the thought process that if Carson Wentz can get his head right and stay healthy, he could be as good, if not possibly better, than what Phillip Rivers did last year. They're solid in the trenches. They've got a very good defense, and they're very well coached. It's a strong organization. But then everything started to get away from them. Injuries in training camp. They lose to Seattle. They're losing game after game. People have checked out on them. They should have had Baltimore two weeks ago, but they couldn't close. And last week they came back and very quietly blew out the Texans. That doesn't mean a lot, but after what happened Monday night, there are some teams that wouldn't have played well the following week. The Colts were not one of them. So here they are playing good football in my opinion and undervalued in my opinion, taking on a Niners team that while off the bye has a lot of issues. Garoppolo is in a hundred percent. If they need to turn to Trey Lance, he's not a hundred percent. The secondary's got big issues and If you've been paying attention to any of the words coming out of the Bay Area, Lynch and Shanahan are starting to find themselves on the hot seat. People are realizing this has been years of this regime, and they had that one really good season where they made it to the Super Bowl. But outside of that, there's been very little of anything else, and the seat is starting to warm up. I like Indianapolis plus the points.
3: I would disagree a little bit on the seat warming up just because I think they both got uh, a little extension. They now have the quarterback of the future in Trey Lance, and I think they're going to get at least two, three years of the Trey Lance experiment before the seat even warms up. But enough of the college, enough of the NFL football. Let's move on to college. What is your favorite college football bet of the week?
2: Let's go to the Pac-12. I would lay the one point with UCLA over Oregon. Oregon ranked, UCLA not ranked. Some people probably wondering, whoa, how can you have this scenario where UCLA's laying points? We actually have four games this weekend where unranked opponents are laying points against ranked opponents. Two others, Iowa State's laying a touchdown against Oklahoma State, and you have Wisconsin laying three and a half At Purdue, I'd lay the one with UCLA because you have two teams here that rank in the top 20 in rush offense. They can both run very, very well. One of the key differences, however, is the fact that UCLA can defend the run top 20 and run defense whereas Oregon struggles in that department and Oregon is even worse defending the pass so I see the Bruins having more success moving the football on a consistent basis than I do Oregon now let's look at the quarterback position I give the edge to UCLA as well Dorian Thompson Robinson continues to improve smart decisions smart with the football takes what the defense gives him. You look on the other side with Anthony Brown. He's been good for Oregon, but he's only completing 59% of his passes, which is a bit of a red flag for me. And for his collegiate career, he's only completing 55% of his passes. This is going to be a tightly contested game. You're going to need to convert on third down. And if you have an inaccurate quarterback who struggles to get through his progressions quickly, that could be a problem. I side with Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins minus one.
1: Joe Fortenbaugh joining us right now. All right, how about tonight? You've got Houston, Houston. Uh, the Astros in baseball, uh, a slight favorite over the Red
2: Sox for game six. Who you got? I would play Houston here. I think they close it out. I know Boston's going to turn to Ivaldi, and he's been fantastic in the playoffs and, and for the regular season. I should give him that credit as well, obviously. But this is the same matchup we had in, in game two. And that's a game Boston won, obviously. They won in big fashion. But that game was priced Houston minus 115, this game is currently priced as Houston minus 105. It's obviously a reaction to what we saw in game two, but I think that's a bit of an overreaction. And I think right now what we're getting is a good price on a Houston Astros team that's at home looking to close it out with a very, very powerful lineup. Boston's lost two in a row. This could be the spot where they bounce back behind Ivaldi, but it feels like Houston's in a great spot at a great price to close this out tonight. And that's ultimately what it comes down to finding the best possible prices, finding opportunities. In Houston at minus 105, that's an opportunity I'm willing to to seize upon. Joe, let's make some money this weekend, brother. Thanks. Gentlemen, thanks so much for having me. Best of luck to everybody out there.
1: ESPN betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh joining us, Booger. We've got a little update on Ben Simmons coming in just moments. Oh, really? Yes, we do. Sign up with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Use code Greeny to get a free shot and millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The very latest, and there is news as the Ben Simmons dra- saga continues in Philadelphia. Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus.
4: Greeny, the podcast. every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
0: it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 100 times times your your money. money Types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
4: Ben Simmons' agent, Rich Paul, he has told the Sixers that Ben Simmons is not mentally ready to play yet.
2: So for the first time in Joel Embiid's career, you're telling me they did a team bonding experience on the road where he actually got a chance to say, oh, it feels like this is my team now, mm. and we can kick it? That speaks volumes.
1: Bugger! we've got a couple of tweets from Woj. Some Woj bombs, so to speak, regarding Ben Simmons Here's, here's what they are. This is in the last few minutes. Ben Simmons met with Sixers medical professionals and coach Doc Rivers today and informed them that he's not mentally ready to play to his expectations now. Sources tell ESPN. He also talked to his teammates today. Simmons has to be evaluated now, and next steps will be based upon the determination of medical professionals. Sources tell ESPN. Booger, Yesterday, Howard Eskin down in Philadelphia, who's plugged in as it gets, been there for a long time, said that the Sixers were very upset at the prospect of Ben Simmons using a a form of mental illness for this situation. And they did not necessarily believe what's going on here. When you hear all of this, am I wrong to just say Ben Simmons is trying every which way he can to just get out of there?
3: No, you're not wrong. And we discussed it earlier in the program. Ben just wants out, man. He's willing to go and do anything he can to get out. And when you start trying to, and and I'm not going to say he's faking, because I don't want to be disrespectful to his mental health. But if if you were going to create a a fallacy of some sort, it will be, hey, I tweaked my hamstring. Uh, I twinged my back a little bit. My I'm I'm not mentally in a place right now where I can go and and, and be a part of the team right now. If you were, I'm not saying he is, but those are some of the avenues that you may go down if you want to, you know, travel down that path. But um, based on the events that's happened, but happened up to this point, I think we all can deduce that Ben doesn't want to be there. And so I would lean toward him being willing to doing anything not to be there. Um, I still say Daryl Morey based on his own words, not mine, is very, very um, dug in on the fact that he's not going to trade Ben Simmons for a lunch meat sandwich and some chips. He wants a filet mignon with top, you know, with a little crab meat, a little little Bernese sauce, maybe a nice little glass of Chardonnay to go with it. That's what he wants. And he's willing to wait to get it. And this is another attempt, in my opinion, in a line of things that we've seen so far, and we're going to see more of, of Ben Simmons doing everything he can not to step on the floor for the Philadelphia 76
1: I think he has chosen to word this very carefully so he doesn't look like he is trying to exploit mental illness by saying, I'm not mentally ready to play to my standards. And that frustrates me. The whole situation frustrates me because so often these days I side with players a lot more, but it's impossible in this spot to do that. And I I loved what Jason Kelsey had to say. The Eagles center yesterday. Take a listen to this, Booger, because he spoke about the Ben Simmons situation and what it's like to be a professional athlete in Philadelphia. And I thought he summed uh, summed it up absolutely brilliantly. You write your own narrative. You know what's going on? I don't want to crush any other players. What's going on with the 76ers, Ben Simmons, stuff like that? All that is because of a lack of accountability, a lack of owning up to mistakes, And a lack of correcting things. If all that got corrected, if you're fixing free throws, if you're getting better as a player, none of this is happening. So you can, everybody can complain about, you know, how tough this city is to play in. Just play better, man. The city will love you. Booger, I worked there for a year. That city wants to love its athletes and gives their athletes every opportunity. I think that's kind of a misnomer about Philadelphia, but... You have to do a lot to push them away. I have never seen anybody push away a city the way that Ben Simmons has throughout his career.
3: Yeah, uh, Philadelphia is a blue-collar city, much like Pittsburgh and um, some cities in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where you have sports teams there, and they just want their guys to show up, clock in, put the hard hat on, and go to work. And if you do that, they will love you. Think about what happened in Buffalo. Buffalo. Uh, And and help me out here. I I don't want to crush all the details when I think Josh Allen had a a situation with his grandmother Mm -hmm. and last year. Yes, last year. And and, and the town raised like a half a million bucks. Yep. uh, Just on their own because he ingratiated himself with that city and they loved him and they'll do anything, including give their hard earned money for him. So that's what a blue collar city does. And if Ben Simmons would have kind of done the same thing as far as just giving himself all, uh, gi- giving all of himself, excuse me, to Philadelphia, he'd been in the same position, but he didn't because there's a lot involved here. Okay. Let's understand who's pulling the strings behind the puppet. So to speak, Rich Paul, I think Rich Paul has successfully orchestrated Anthony Davis out of New Orleans, and I think he's trying to do the same thing with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. Now the reasons are different, but ultimately he's trying to do the same thing. Ben Simmons, in my opinion, doesn't feel like he can play for Doc Rivers, nor does he feel like Doc Rivers wants him on the team based on Doc Rivers' comments last year. The city has kind of gone against him based on his lack of shooting and inability to pull uh, the trigger on the dunk last year in the postseason. And Philadelphia is a sports city, man. They want to win And Ben Simmons seems like he's inhibiting them from doing that. It's amazing because you can become a a part of a fabric of that town for your entire
1: life well beyond your playing career. And it's really ugly how this situation has gotten. We will continue to update you as new details uh, become available. Woj, of course, tweeting all day. Meanwhile, ESPN FC reporter Alexis Nunes joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline because this weekend – a tremendous matchup on ESPN Plus. They will present English and Spanish language coverage of El Clasico, FC Barcelona and Real Madrid this Sunday, live from Barcelona. Beginning with ESPN FC El Clasico Preview Show at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Two and ESPN Plus, and then at 10:15 a.m., catch Ian Dark, Steve McManaman, and Alexis Nunez exclusively on ESPN Plus with coverage of the game. Alexis joins us right now. Alexis, appreciate the time. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarlane in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. And look, in, in this country, we love our rivalries. We love our Carolina. We love our uh, Carolina Duke. We love Yankees, Red Sox. Can you explain to people how much deeper Barcelona-Real Madrid-El Clasico goes?
5: Oh, man, this is absolutely massive. It is a rivalry where, trust me, there is no love lost. And I think there's a lot of rivalries. I mean, I lived in the States, of course, for the four years when I was there for ESPN in Bristol. And I got a taste of some of the rivalries either in college football um, or as well in NFL. And this one even goes so much further because it is two cities that absolutely... You hate each other in sports and beyond. But it's a, you know, it, it, it's a hatred that definitely breeds a beautiful rivalry. I got to speak to Gerard Piquet um, earlier today. He's Mr. Barcelona himself. I guess some people may know him over there as a man that actually married to Shakira. Um, and he definitely said that you know the thing about El Clasico, one of the reasons why we'll just never get old is the fact that you know, it does go a little further than football. Like in so many sports, sometimes we see political views get, you know, brought in. And that's kind of as well what stems from here. It's two great cities of Spain, um, two great cities of this country that just, you know, absolutely go head-to-head in this massive clash. So it's definitely one where there's no love lost and there's going to be some massive fireworks come this Sunday.
1: Now, you don't have the global-level superstars, the Messis, the Ronaldos in this, but... What about the young players on both teams that we should be paying attention to?
5: Well, yeah, that's the main thing. That even I was saying that when I spoke to Piquet, it's a bit of a surreal version of El Clásico, considering that there's no more Messi, or Ronaldo, or even the days where it was the other Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo going up against Ronaldinho, you know, or Luis Figo, or Zidane, or Javi Iniesta. Like so many names that these two clubs have produced, are absolute legends of the sport. But now, I suppose you're looking at the experienced ones being. Benzema for Real Madrid and Pique there, you know, and Sergio Busquets for Barcelona, and the rest of the team, are they're young, they're babies, and Pique said back in his day when the young boys would break onto the scene, it used to be maybe 22, 23 years old, but now they're breaking on, you know, when they're 16, 17, 18, and rising to the challenge, I mean, they have in Barcelona, U.S. men's national team player Serginho Dez, he's only 20 years old, and this is already going to be his third version of El Clasico, he's already gone up against Lionel Messi, now Messi has left, Um, you know, he got to play alongside him and now he's going to be in his third one and this is going to be a huge, huge task for him, but it's one that he's up against. So it's definitely a new time for these teams, especially for Barcelona, who have an average age of 22 years old. That's the second youngest of all the teams now in La Liga. But anyone that knows Barcelona, they know that they absolutely have a conveyor belt of talent, that they just keep churning them out from La Masia, which is responsible for Lionel Messi. So I think it's going to be a good one to see some of the young ones that are clearly up to the challenge and getting ready to make a big name for themselves in the biggest match in Spanish football. It
1: all begins Sunday, 9 a.m. with the El Clasico preview show ESPN two and ESPN And then 10, 15 a.m. Ian dark, Steve McManaman, Alexis Nunez with the call on ESPN plus. Thanks, Alexis.
5: Thank you guys.
1: Great stuff. Looking forward to that on Sunday morning. And there's so much more football American style as well. On Sunday, we're going to get to that in just a moment. First off, though, how great is it when you choose your favorite movie to watch? Well, ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply lets you pick your favorites from the best candidates. ZipRecruiter sends you qualified candidates, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply for your job. Lauren Webb, Senior Vice President of Talent Acquisition for Mindula, raves about ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply. She says... I love that feature because we have a much higher follow-through rate if I invite candidates. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. All of the matchups for this weekend are the Cincinnati Bengals for real. Booger and I dive in. It's coming up next. Greenie on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, brought to you by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear Hotline. That is next on ESPN Radio.
2: Greenie, the podcast.
0: Previously, on Greeny.
4: The Bears didn't even try to score. The Bears are playing like they're scared to death of their own quarterback. I don't know what is going on there, but Matt Nagy coaches games like he is scared to death of his own quarterback. And it was one thing when you didn't want to play him and all that, but he's playing. So I don't understand what they're doing exactly.
1: Wish any of us did, Greeny. Weekly Rewind brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies Advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarlane, Infor Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Booger, what do you say we go a little rapid fire through the games this weekend? You ready to do it? Let's do it, man. All right. Let us start off in Green Bay.
2: Washington at Green Bay.
1: Booger, I cannot imagine being more disappointed in a unit this year than I have been in the Washington defense. And as it specifically breaks down in the Washington defensive line, it's been good, but it has been nowhere near what I would have expected, especially Chase Young, only one and a half sacks so far.
3: Yeah, it's been good, but it hasn't been four first-round picks good. Exactly. And I think that defense that was supposed to be dominant has been anything but that. You couple that with an offense. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets hurt. Taylor Heineke comes in, and we all had great expectations based on the playoff game against the Bucks. Well, he just hasn't lived up to those, and therefore this team – is in need. And as more more rumors surface about Deshaun Watson, I think you have to put the Washington football team clearly in those rumors. A very, very disappointing team going to Green Bay, a team that's really clicking right now. Aaron Rodgers told you guys after the week one loss to the Saints to relax. That defense is getting better, led by defensive coordinator Joe Barry. The Packers to mean are picking up where they left off last year when they won, what, 13 games. going to be a tough road to hold for the Washington football team.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw out two words that I absolutely abhor together. Trap game. Because the Packers do have the next two weeks at Arizona and then at Kansas City after that. Booker, do you ever believe in the looking ahead fact?
3: Yeah, of course. We all look ahead. We're human. I like to plan things. I have a planner. You know, Greeny and I are probably still still the only two guys that have an actual physical planner that we write in. So, yes, I look ahead. The key will be is when you step out on the field and you get hit in the mouth. Are you thinking about next week? No. So I'm not a firm believer in, quote unquote, the trap game. We were looking ahead because no player steps on the field and is daydreaming about two weeks ahead while they're playing a game.
1: And you are knocking me for being old, and you have a physical planner that you write in now. How about some technology? Would that kill you? Well, I just like to write things. I still write checks, too. Well, that I can deal with. Let's go to the next.
2: Chiefs and Titans.
1: You know, Kansas City is giving up 30 points a game. How long can you continue to ask your offense to score 40 a game to win games?
3: as long as that offense has Patrick Mahomes. And as Patrick Mahomes rounds into form, I think you're going to continue to see this offense go get better and better. Think about this. He threw two interceptions against the football team last week and had arguably his worst half as a pro. He came back in the second half and had arguably his best half as a pro. But you're right. Their defense is ultimately going to determine, I think, whether or not they win another Super Bowl during the Patrick Mahomes era. The offense is going to be really, really good. But if the defense can't stop the run, and can't create turnovers, then Patrick Mahomes is not going to have the ball enough. And they're going against a team that has to beat them a certain way. Like, if I told you Derrick Henry had 200 yards rushing against the Chiefs, would you believe it? Absolutely. Mm. But if I told you the, the Titans actually won the game, I think there's only, a, there's only a certain way they can do it. And that's Tannehill has to play within himself. Um, A.J. Brown's going to have to have a big day, meaning a couple big passes off play action. But it's still going to be tough for me to see Tennessee winning this game, even though this game is at home.
1: Titans are a quiet 4-2 and two after the win over the Bills the other night. And everybody, and by everyone I mean me, wrote them off after their week one loss Same to on the you. Cardinals. Yeah, it was just me. But look, they are a lot closer to the team we expected. Next,
2: Jets at Patriots.
1: It's Mac and Zach. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Booger, four picks last time against the Patriots. I know Bill Belichick is going to throw the kitchen sink at Zach Wilson again, but it has to be better this time around. It has to be.
3: I think it's going to be better. Let me ask you this. If I gave you a choice, knowing what you know now, you could have Zach Wilson or Mac Jones going forward, which one would you choose?
1: I would still take Zach Wilson because I think the upside is bigger.
3: Yeah and that's why you'd probably be out of a job as a GM because I'm (laughs) taking Mac Jones because I think Mac Jones, to me, uh, based on what I've seen, he processes information at an elite level. His arm is really, really good, not great, but it doesn't have to be when you're accurate and you throw the football on time and you make great decisions. Understand what the number one prerequisite of the quarterback is, okay? The quarterback has to be a great decision maker, and Mac Jones is that. Now, Zach Wilson can still be really, really good. He just won't be good against this Bill Belichick defense.
1: Yeah, the one thing I'll say though, it's always the team that spends the most in free agency that ends up being the most disappointing. That was the Patriots, and they're two
3: and four. Yeah, two and four, but here's the thing about that. The Patriots are two and four. And they spent a lot of money, but some of that money was fake money. So don't be surprised if they move on from some of these guys after the season because I don't think it's a ton of guaranteed money tied in. I think Bill Belichick wanted to give his rookie quarterback something to work with because I think they knew they were going to have a young quarterback. But in the end, I think this team will continue to get better throughout this season. They'll be better next year than they are now. Next, Bengals at Ravens. Well, I hit the wrong
1: button. But nonetheless, let's go to the Bengals and the Ravens. And At least you're honest. It's what happens when you have fat fingers. And yeah. speaking of sausage, uh, you know, listen, Cincinnati, another somewhat quiet 4-2 and two team, are they a paper tiger or, tiger or a paper Bengal, for that matter? I say they are. I say they absolutely are because their wins are against teams that are a combined 7-17. Seven and 17. What say you, Booger?
3: No, I think they're for real. Uh, I'm a little biased. Joe Burrow being an LSU Tiger, uh, he's the real deal. He gets it. He's athletic. He can process information at an elite level. But but more than anything, he has that it. And if you ever know what it is or you want to know what it is, follow the great ones. Brady's got it. Mahomes has it. Aaron Rodgers has it. And And so does Joe Burrow. Their defense is playing better. If their offensive line can hold up, then I think they'll be able to score some points against this Raven defense, which is going to be feast or famine led by defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. Now, their defense is going to have to stop maybe the most must-see TV guy outside of Patrick Mahomes in the NFL in Lamar Jackson. But if Lamar Jackson has an off day throwing the football, and he's thrown a couple of those in there during his career, and they can stop the run, don't be surprised if the Bengals pull the upset against the Ravens. I think right now,
1: Lamar Jackson is the best show in all of sports.
3: Uh, no, that would be Steph Curry, followed closely by Patrick Mahomes.
1: Mm, okay. I mean, Mahomes, I'll, I'll buy. Curry, I'll buy. The excitement level. We've seen Curry do it for so long. The excitement level. I love love Jackson right now. All right.
2: Next. Panthers at Giants.
1: That's what I was supposed to hit before. Here's the only question I want answered for the Giants at this point. They're 1-5, and Booger.
3: Can Joe judge coach or not? Um, well, based on the record, and Bill Parcells, one of the most famous New York Giants coach of all time, says you are what your record says you are. And right now he's a, he's not a good coach. Now that has to change at some point, but I think um I don't think they're a bad team. That's, That's my still, problem. Like, yeah, yep. but it's it, like they've get them on for as much grief as he gets. They they have talent. A lot of the talent is hurt. I think that Galladay and Kadarius Tony are both out. Uh, this week, how, how are you going to feel the team when all your players are hurt?
1: Yeah, my problem with
3: him, though, is that he
1: has never fixed the number one problem that that team has had, and he acknowledged it the day he was hired, and that was the offensive line, and it has never been good. Never been good under him. Meanwhile, flip side, Sam Darnold, you're starting to hear those Watson rumors again. Carolina, a team that is in that mix, and Sam Darnold is coming back to earth a little bit. First three games of the year against bad teams, three touchdowns, one pick. Last three games against decent teams, four and six. Booger, he was 17 of 41 last week. Is that bad? That's not good. I never played the game professionally, but don't I don't to, believe it's hey, good.
3: Listen, anybody listening to you right now would never confuse you for having played football, so you don't have to state that. For the, listen, like, that's I played the in
1: PAL for two years, okay? What is that? The Police Athletic League, 6th and 7th grade.
3: Okay. That's what it Uh, was. Yes, Sam Donald is is regressing. But, you know, something funny. Sam Donald is regressing, but his offensive coordinator is rumored to be a head coach uh, soon. Go figure. Uh, I think that there is an issue in Carolina, and it's called Christian McCaffrey or lack thereof. That offense is built around Christian McCaffrey. Matt Rule is a tough, hard-nosed coach. They want to run the football. Right now, Joe Brady wants to throw the football a lot. Uh, kind of the bumping of the heads in Charlotte, North Carolina right now, and all while Christian McCaffrey is not there. I'm very interested t- to see where they go from here. I don't know if McCaffrey's playing this weekend, but they sure the hell could use him. According to Forbes, companies are working to fill millions of jobs in an
1: epic hiring spree. Where do they turn? Zip Recruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates and makes it easy to invite. Your top choices to apply. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. We've got four games left in the next four minutes. Let's go. Eagles and Raiders. I believe in Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback in this league, Booger.
3: Well, I'm not willing to write that check just yet. I, I, I think right now he is a RPO quarterback. And they're putting the game in his hands, and he's making some very questionable decisions. The Eagles' offensive line, when healthy, can be dominant, can be the best offensive line in the league. Their defensive line can be dominant when they're healthy. Their linebackers are terrible. Their secondary is pretty good. So it's all going to depend on the quarterback. And right now, he's very, very inconsistent. As far as the Raiders are concerned, listen, full disclosure, Rich Passaccia is a friend of mine. I am a believer. He is a great communicator. He is a leader of men. It's no surprise that the Raiders played well last week after John Gruden was ousted and Rich Pasaccio was in front of that team. With that being said, I think this week will be tougher than last week. Last week was off pure emotion. John Gruden is gone. Let's win one for Rich. Now what do you do week two? Because the truest definition of a man in in my eyes is consistency. Can you be consistent week in and week out? He'll get his opportunity this week.
2: Lions and Rams.
1: I've talked to some people in L.A. this week. And it's going to come as no surprise. Boy, Sean McVay wants this in the worst way. And if he gets a chance, I'm not going to be shocked if he throws up some big numbers to show Jared Goff if you had
3: followed the plan, this would be us. Well, I don't even know if he has to throw big numbers. I think his defense has to just go out need. and eat. And to me, this I can sum this one up really simple. Matthew Stafford is better than Jared Goff. And I think Jared Goff is going to get a firsthand reality check on why he's no longer there. So if, if you want to... If you want to get a clear picture of, of what emotional dejection is like, watch Jared Goff's face in the second half as he watches the Rams' offense. We've got 20 seconds on each of our last two games.
2: Bears and Buccaneers.
3: Greeny was right.
1: I don't know what the Bears are doing at all right
3: now. One o'clock, I think the game – no, the game is at 425, I think, on Sunday in Tampa. Mm -hmm. I live here. Let me look outside. Yes, I just looked outside. It's 85 degrees, (laughs) bears coming down to Tampa. It will be sweltering. Take the Bucks. And the points, as a matter of fact, you can give a few more points. It's what we call a Lacadini Colts
2: at 49ers.
1: 49ers need Jimmy Garoppolo at 100%. And to me, they're
3: uh, in that one of those situations. It's just so disappointing with as good as their defense is. I'm trying to figure out who's going to quarterback for the 49ers because Trey Lance is out. Jimmy Garoppolo has a calf injury. So what happens if that calf... Uh, flares up who's going to quarterback are are we going to I don't even know if CJ Beathard is still on the roster uh that's something for somebody else to look forward to but the Colts is Carson Wentz going to continue to show that there's a light at the end of the Mm -hmm. tunnel he has to because he and Frank Reich are kind of married together I like the Colts offensive line I like Taylor running the football their defense if it doesn't give up big plays look for the coach to pull the upset.
2: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN,
0: and also available wherever you get your podcast.
5: Death is
0: the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun.
1: My master asks, what do you seek here?
0: To vanquish our common enemies. No! Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power.
5: to come.
0: FX's *Shogun* now streaming on Hulu.